Welcome to Design Your Life, the podcast where we explore applying design principles to everyday life. I'm your host and founder of Frost Collective, Vince Frost. My guest today is Jackie Alexander, the co-founder of the revolutionary new yoga brand, Humming Puppy, which focuses on sound healing by introducing low-frequency audio and vibration during the classes. Jackie made the massive decision to change her life as a dental practice manager to a global entrepreneur and yogi. Today, her four-year-old practice, Humming Puppy, has three locations across Melbourne, Sydney, and New York, and is carefully designed to deliver the most positive experience possible. As someone who really believes in designing success for yourself, Jackie's story of having the courage to listen to her inner aha moments and act on them, especially when the risk is so high, is an incredibly inspiring one. Welcome, Jackie. Thanks for having me. It's really cool because just you're literally half a block away from our studio and a lot of my guys use Humming Puppy and go in there and do yoga sessions on a regular basis. And I guess I was just like, I love the brand. I love what you've created. And I kind of want to know, how did it start? And what was the turning point in your career? Yeah, so Humming Puppy started from my desire to actually enjoy what I did every day. Um, at the time, a uh, number of years ago, I was working in the dental industry and... You have great teeth. Thank you. <laughs> Fortunately, this was natural. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. <laughs> I was very lucky about that. Um, but I'd been managing dental practice for, practices for about 10 years and um, I enjoyed my job and I love the people that I work with, but it wasn't something that I was passionate about. And the great thing was is that the people that I worked with, the dentists, absolutely loved what they did. And it really inspired me to uh, discover what my passion was, to really think about what I wanted to do into the future and, and find something that I could enjoy going to work to every day. And at that time, I had a very regular uh, yoga practice. I've been practicing for about 10 years now. And at that time, I was quite uh, sort of heavily into my practice in that I would practice on my own every morning quite regularly, anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half at 5 a.m. I'd practice with my teacher twice a week. And I had really started to see the benefits of the practice on my mindset and my outlook in life, um, what I wanted, what I didn't want, you know, who I was, where I wanted to be, all that sort of stuff. And so as that sort of started, as the practice started to transform me, these questions of my enjoyment at work started to arise. Um, and this is where I started to question, well, is this really what I want to be doing every day? And it took me some time to finally hook into what it was that I wanted to do. You know, a lot of my family and friends knew that I loved yoga and a few had suggested to go and do my teacher training. But I guess for me, I just didn't have the self-confidence to uh, stand in front of people and, you know, tell them how to move their bodies. I just couldn't really picture myself in that role. So I sort of ignored it for quite some time until, you know, I'd really sort of gone a little way down my path and I thought, you know what, I can't just keep going along working in this dental practice not being completely happy. I need to do something to change it. So I went and had uh, an afternoon session with a girlfriend. She said, come over, let's have a glass of wine, let's start brainstorming ideas for Jackie's career. And so we did just that and we sort of sat down and um, she was a young mum with two small children and could kind of 
you know, which was quite challenging to get out of the house. And so she was actually practicing yoga um, through YouTube videos. And she'd come across this teacher called Sadie Nardini, who's from the States. And she said, I think you'd really love this teacher. Um, you know, I'll put on a put on a video and see what you think. So I rolled out my mat. I started practicing to this YouTube video with Sadie Nardini. Her little boy was sort of running through my legs and it was all quite cute. And it was kind of just at that moment that I got the clarity to become a yoga teacher with the view to leave my job and open my own studio. And so that's exactly what I did. Not long after that, about a month, I started my teacher training. I enrolled in a six-month course, which was close to my home, which allowed me to still work full-time but, you know, continue through the course. And that's how Homing Puppy really started. And at the time, my partner and I, uh, Chris, were you know, I guess discussing how I wanted the studio to look and to feel and what the experience would be. And so I would drag him along to a lot of uh, my yoga classes to sort of get his feedback because whilst he has a strong meditation practice, he's very much the beginner at yoga. And so it was really helpful to have him, like from a beginner's perspective, say, oh, well, you know, this is how I felt going to a new studio or being in that class or, you know, not that unknown sort of um, uh, place that you can be in as a beginner. Um, so we sort of st just started jotting down how I wanted things to look to kind of create a very unique experience that would set me apart from the rest of the industry. Anyway, uh, one night Chris was having a drink at a bar with a friend and he could feel the floor underneath him vibrating from the bar fridges below. And he sort of came up with this, um, you know, idea of what if you injected a frequency or vibration into the room whilst you practice yoga to align your energies. So he came to me with that idea, which uh, happened to be on Valentine's Day. He sort of called me up and said, let's have dinner tonight. I've got this idea I, you know, I, want to, I want to talk to you about. And we didn't know it was Valentine's Day, so we've gone to our favourite restaurant and it became quite clear all the tables are twos and the roses coming out that it was. And it was kind of cheesy but kind of cute but kind of not us as well. <laughs> but anyway, um, so he sort of, you know, suggested this to me to which I was just like blown away um, and totally on board because I'd had some experience with the Himalayan singing bowls. Uh, so mm. each bowl um, is aligned to a different chakra point, an energy point within the body, and it has its own frequency. So essentially we just sort of went on this path of, okay, well, let's do this business together. Let's see how we can invite frequency and vibration into the studio to align energies. And we just started going down the rabbit hole. Um, so presumably the... The vibrating fridges led to the the name, or did the name come after the? Uh, kind of so the name came. The, the name came after. So when we sort of had that initial conversation of okay, well let's invite frequency or, or vibration of some sort to align your energies, um, and then we're like, okay, well yep, I think we can work together. Let's do this. What well, what are we going to call this? What, what is this going to be and how are we going to set ourselves apart? So I guess, you know, initially the most unique point of Humming Puppy is the sound uh, that we inject into the space. And so over time and over, you know, discussion, um, experience and lots and lots of different conversations with a lot of sort of experts in the field, sound healing therapists and, and the like, we thought, okay, well, we're going to have something of a hum 
in the room. Um, initially, it was that we were sort of thinking like a vibrating floor, which was just probably a little bit too crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's sort of how the hum came about in Humming Puppy. And then I guess what we were also looking at was how else can we be unique and set ourselves apart from the industry? And so we sort of knew that we were going to create quite a luxurious experience for our students, which on the outside could appear a little over the top or a little um, unaccessible, maybe even a little stuck up to some people. And Chris and I really don't take ourselves too seriously. So we thought, all right, well, why don't we call it a humming puppy? Instead of a downward facing dog, it's a humming puppy. Mm -hmm. So we wanted the name to be kind of really light and playful. So it didn't detract from, uh, you know, the, the, well, it kind of not, maybe not detract, but maybe sort of just brought down your initial visuals of what you think we were to just make it a little bit more fun and playful. Yeah, yeah it's interesting how brands come about. The story is fascinating. Um, so it's you started in Melbourne, right? Correct, yeah. And it's been going just over four years. That's right. But you've equally opened in Sydney and just recently New York, and that's incredible growth in a very short period of time. It's obviously popular. Essentially, our dream was to always take it to the States. Um, I always just had this real passion or desire to live in New York. It's a, an incredible city with an incredible energy and, and so much opportunity to be had. So I guess our dream was to always be in the States and to always take the concept to New York because we knew it was going to be something different and of that New York style. But because Chris and I had never had a business in the yoga or the fitness industry, it would have been quite stupid for us to go straight over there and, and open up. So we decided to open in Paran um, in Melbourne, which is our hometown, so that's where we're based. And we chose Paran because it is the most densely populated area for yoga studios, apparently, in the world. There's about really? Apparently. <laughs> Why would you open there then? <laughs> well, there's about 30 yoga studios in a four-kilometre radius. So for us, we just thought, well, if we can make it work there, then we can make it work anywhere. Yeah. So Melbourne was really to prove the concept and, you know, we proved the concept and the studio was, uh, you know, a really great success and people seemed to love and appreciate what we did. Mm -hmm. So then after some time of being open in Melbourne, we then decided to open in Sydney. And the reason we did Sydney was to sort of see if we could replicate the experience, not only for the students, but also for the team. Um, without me having to be there on a day-to-day basis. Mm. And so Sydney for us is just a, you know, it's a short one-hour flight. We can be up and back in a day. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's how we landed here in Redfern. And then after some time of proving the concept here as well, people seemed to really uh, be very open to what we had to offer here. We then felt ready to go to New York. Uh, So, which is what we did. Incredible. I mean, mean, (laughs) that's that's like one a year, isn't it? Something like that. (laughs) (laughs) But are you like a super zen type of person? It sounds like you both are. I mean, how does this, is this stress? It must be stressful as well, but I guess um, you manage it in a better way than most people. <laughs> well, yes and no. Yes and no. I mean, to be completely honest, the last uh, the last year of my life has been extremely stressful. Um, so I moved to New York in October last year to open up, uh, you know, to build, open up 
our studio. So I lived there for about nine months and it was excruciating. Wasn't it? I'm not going to say I... I have this love-hate relationship with it now. Oh, my it was... God, but you were so excited about moving to New York. That yeah. was your dream, wasn't it? <laughs> it was my dream. No it longer? It was my dream. Um, well, no, it's not that it's no longer my dream. It really made me question my dreams. Yeah. And it really it made Chris and I just question everything that we had envisioned for Humming Puppy. Mm. Do we want to do more? Is this what we want? Is this the lifestyle that we want? Because I was living in New York. We were separated. The time difference is a bitch to say the least. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really hard to communicate. And when you don't have all your support networks around you and it's just you on your own, yeah. it's like super challenging. So the come down from opening the studio over the last two to three months has been pretty hard for me. Um, and managing my stress, which I wasn't doing well, has become... God, I'm so disappointed to hear this. <laughs> Sorry, this Obviously. is reality. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not joking. No. No, I just like, you know... Everyone, and, and I'm, in, I'm stressed all the time. So everyone says, "Oh my God, you got to do yoga. You got to meditate. That'll yeah. solve all your problems." Yeah. But if you, you're doing it all the time, <laughs> you're still stressed. <laughs> I know. That's reassuring for anybody who's listening in. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It is not all, you know, alms and shanties and you know, mm. love, peace, and mung beans. It's not that. Um, it's a lot of work. It's and, a lot of work. And how did you? Because obviously, growing a business, just one business, is hard enough. And the culture, the staff, the team, you know, pe helping people to understand your vision and, and, you know, the difference in your business. Mm -hmm. And you said you kind of opened in Sydney to kind of, kind of prove that it could be, it could run without you. Was that something you found a hard thing to do? or did, is, And is that working, you know, the achieving that, uh, that goal? Look, it's been, uh, it's been trial and error. You know, I, I really look at us as... Um, in, uh, what is it, in February of next year, 2019, um, Melbourne will have been open for four years. So I look at us as a very young business, mm. almost like I feel like we're in our tweens right now. And it's taken some time to um, continue to grow and develop and evolve. So when I started the business initially, I wanted to lay really strong, solid foundations so that we had you know, a solid base to move forward from. So our business has a lot of different policies and procedures. There's a lot of systems that, you know, the staff and the team just need to kind of follow to deliver on the Humming Puppy experience. And so over time, you know, these these sort of policies and these procedures have had to evolve into a much more clearer, succinct way to provide consistency across all three studios. And so it's just an ongoing process of refining what we do so that each studio provides the same experience, um, you know, for students and for team members as well. So it is an ongoing process of, you know, refining our vision and implementing those systems that provide that consistent and, and amazing experience all the time. But it's something that um, has to be done because I physically can't be in three places at once mm -hmm. and, and nor do I want to. You know, I'm being in New York for so long really made me appreciate how much I love my home. I love my family. I love the support and the connections that I have around me. And so I sort of feel like I now have three homes. Sydney's mm -hmm. right now my second home for sure. I've been here for the last six weeks. I'll be here till the end of Christmas, mm -hmm. you know, and I look forward to going back to New York and um, spending some more time there in, in early next year. Um, so what's the plan regarding kind of further growth? I mean, are you, you going to look at another 
another studio soon? Um, maybe it's top secret, I, maybe not. <laughs> Well, no, it's not top secret that I don't want to do any more studios right now. I'm oh, still <laughs> not right now. Um, the vision is still to do more, but mm. um, to be honest with you, I feel like we grew really fast, really quickly, um, yeah, really and fast. it's sort of you know really shown us that we just need to slow down. Um, we put ourselves under like the most excruciating financial pressure to do all three studios, particularly in New York. Um, you know, we still have a lot of work to do to get ourselves out of the woods, particularly in New York. And so our focus at the moment is just really refining what we do at Humming Puppies. So refining, you know, all those systems, all those systems, all those policies to just get a really consistent um, product delivered across all three studios, even though they're in completely separate um, places in the world. Mm. So right now, no. Uh, no more studios, but that's not to say that in nine to 12 months I might turn around and say, okay, I think I'm ready to go again. But um, right now it's just about refining um, and, and really just getting into the nitty-gritty of it and really getting very specific about what, what Humming Puppy has to offer mm-hmm. and how we offer that mm. um, to our students. But had, looking back, you know, you've only been going for four years now, but previously working in in dentistry for mm. 10 years and your vision was to kind of you know to find something that you loved and you know live and breathe it etc every day um how does that feel like in that short period of time to found that thing that really made you feel great and enjoyed it and see that how you could kind of grow a brand I mean all that stuff is probably maybe new to you as well mm. you kind of learned along the way you create a beautiful environment um certainly all the people that I spoke to who work there love the brand and love the place and the yeah. and, and you uh, and what you what you've built and that must be incredibly rewarding. It's extremely re- rewarding. Like I just am so grateful um, for what we've achieved, what we've created, and what we're able to provide. And you know, it, it's it's not just. Um, you know, Chris's and I, uh, creative process or any of that, it really comes from the whole team being completely invested um, in what they do. And, and I feel like in the industry that we're in and the majority of our team are yoga teachers who are just really passionate about yoga and, you know, I find that the most of the work is about yoga or mm. all of it really is about yoga but when you have people who are really passionate about what they do there's only like 10 percent that you need to teach or train um you know which is basically admin yeah. <laughs> you know like really small things like that yeah. um but i feel really grateful to have the support that i do from my teams at all studios they do an incredible job to deliver on our vision um, and to embody, you know, the things that we value at the studio as well. Um, they live and breathe it. They're equally as grateful because, you know, we really aim to provide a workplace that is supportive of them, that provides them with opportunity and growth and development as well. But it's incredible. And, you know, the emails that we get from students, the conversations I have with students, and it's just it just blows my mind. It brings us to tears. Um, it definitely makes us cry. We're just all so grateful for the support that we get. And it's really lovely to be spending so much time here in Sydney because so many people know who I am um, through emails and correspondence and Instagram and things like that. And it's lovely to have them come up to me and, and be so grateful and appreciative mm. of, you know, not only what we've created, but what 
the team have instilled and, um, you know, the, the experience that the team have provided for them for so long to get them connected to the practice and, and really enjoying their life and appreciating all that is, it blows my mind. <laughs> Could you ever imagine that, that it, you get to this point? No, I had no idea. I just knew that I loved yoga and it made me feel good and I wanted to share it with people. That's mm. all I knew. You know, I really do believe that everything that we've done has come from a very intentional place to make students, uh, you know, to, well, to help students, like, understand and discover who they are, unravel um, and, and be better people. I just go back to what you said before around that transition from, you know, when you're working, before you started Humming Puppy, the start, moving from working for somebody, somebody to doing your own business. What helped you get over the line with that? Because a lot of people talk about it, dream about it. A lot of people don't make it happen. Yeah, I have to say about three years before I left that job, there was something inside of me that I knew just wasn't right. Um, and, you know, to be honest, my boss at the time, who's a, who's a dear friend of mine, um, sort of sensed that something, something wasn't right. I couldn't put my finger on it because I wasn't aware enough to know what I was feeling, but I sort of just put that to the side and, you know, just kept going on, which is kind of what I had done for a lot of my life, just sort of ignored that feeling, just got on with it. But it was just really gradual over time and through that consistent, regular ritual of my practice that I just started to... Uh, you know, want something different. I felt like I had been doing what I'd been doing for a long time and was getting the same result. And so for me, it was just a, you know what, I just want to do something different. I don't know what it is. Um, I can't put my finger on it, but I'm going to work it out and mm. it will come to me eventually. And so it was just that question and not ignoring the question or the feelings um, that came up for me at that time. And, and it sat around there for a little while, you mm. know. It, it wasn't like it happened overnight or it wasn't like it happened in a week. It was, I know this isn't right, but I don't know what the next thing is, but that's okay. Something will come and what I need to do now is just be present in the moment that I'm in. And I think that was one of the most powerful things to... To, to shift me to the next step is just being present and being grateful for what you have right here and, and now mm -hmm. because that gratitude will will bring you, you know, the answers rather than sort of being, you know, all antsy and annoyed that, you know, you're not living the life that you want to live but you still don't know what that is and just being grateful and being in that present moment. And so when the idea came to me of, oh, I'm going to be a yoga teacher, I'm going to leave my job and, and do my teacher training and open my own business, I also knew that it wasn't something I could just pack up and, and do and leave the next day. It, mm -hmm. There was a process behind okay. it. Um, so there had to be a plan. A, I had to go and do my teacher training. I couldn't be a yoga teacher without doing my getting my qualification. And then amongst that, well, okay, so uh, where am I going to get the money to do this and 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 how am I going to be able to fund this um, when I leave my job and, and what is all that going to look like? And then, a, and then the next thing is like, well, who's going to help me do this? I can't do this all on my own. Um, so there was a definite process um, and it took, uh, let's say, a year from the time that I decided to be a teacher to the time that I actually left my job and started working on Humming Puppy um, full-time. Wow, it's quite... It's quick. Quite quick, isn't it? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, you talked before about meditating followed by journaling, is that what you said? Mm-hmm. 
What is yeah. that? Uh, so dye rising. Okay. Yeah. So did you do that back then too? Was you just like notes of thoughts or ideas yeah. or plans? Or yeah, what is definitely. That? So I find journaling a really great way just to get the stuff out of my mind, just to kind of clear my mind, put my thoughts down on paper um, and see what comes up and see what inspiration comes up from that. And it was something that I uh, did more so in my teacher training than than ever before in my life because we, you know, had these assignments where we needed to journal after we meditated or we had to journal after we'd done a particular breath exercise and just reflect on how that felt. And so I sort of carried that through into my life and started journaling um, my dreams, for example. Um, and now at the moment it's become a real ritual and a habit for me where I'll get up in the morning, I'll do my meditation and then I'll journal either on a dream, a dream that I had the night before or stuff that came up for me in my meditation. And it's been incredible for me to actually, you know, to reflect back on those uh, words that I've written down and, and thoughts that I've had to sort of see uh, what's come up for me. Mm. And to sort of see, you know, different pathways and different directions that mm. I might and opportunities for myself that I perhaps wouldn't have seen so clearly if I hadn't sat and taken the time to write down my thoughts. Mm. I was really interested in the whole humming uh, idea. Mm -hmm. I think it sounds genius. And I guess I wanted to know, did you guys test it to see whether it's proven that it did what you thought it would do? I mean, is it is it medically... Um, tested that, that those vibrations create some kind of different different kind of mm -hmm. um, output outcome. Yeah, so there is scientific fact behind it, but I guess like we don't hang our hat on it, or you know we certainly don't say, oh, this is going to cure cancer or your anxiety or anything like that. We do it because it feels good. Um, we love the hum that we've created, and it just feels good. And so, the idea behind it is this process of entrainment. So the longer that you're submersed in a particular frequency, um, the easier it is for you to tap into those states of being when you're not submersed in them. So we use two frequencies. The first one is 40 hertz, which is a quite low, a very low sort of um, frequency. Um, and this is the gamma brainwave frequency. So it puts you into a really meditative focused state of mind. So athletes and musicians and creatives can tend to tap into that gamma brainwave state more than the sort of average person. It's like that, uh, you know, when you hit a, a personal best or you just sort of, like you said, when you were driving, you know, you're just in, in the zone. You might get a speeding ticket because you're not focused on anything else, but somehow you got to your destination. You don't know how you got there. Mm. Um, so it's that feeling of being in the zone. The other frequency that we incorporate is 7.83 hertz, which is known as the Schumann resonance, and that is the actual frequency of the earth. So it's really hard to wow. find true Schumann resonance these days because of our architectural environments. We're surrounded by concrete and computers and fridges and air conditioners. Um, and so that uh, the Schumann resonance is that feeling of when you go out into nature, when you're lying on the grass and looking at the sun, you just feel that uh, that grounding, really mm. calming sort of state of being. So the idea is that the two... Frequencies combined provide this sense of being uh, in the zone but yet completely grounded at the same time. And that humming, I was just wondering if that humming is linked to the OM. When you do the OM, because it's very vibrant, 
vibratory. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is there some alignment with that? Yeah, the the hum actually sounds like the, the easiest way for me to describe it to someone who's never heard it is that it sounds like a continuous om, mm. except there's no vo- mm. it's not it's not <laughs> like a vocal om if, yeah. if you know what I mean, um, and the uh, the hum waves in and out of forty hertz, um, so it doesn't become oppressive. So forty hertz on its own will sound like a speaker's blown. Um, but the way that our composer designed the hum is that it waves in and out of the 40 hertz. And the hum is actually a recording of me playing one of our Himalayan singing bowls, which was detuned to 40 hertz as well. Mm-hmm. So which is why um, if you've ever been to a class at Humming Puppy, we always play the Himalayan singing bowls at some point in the class, generally at the end, um, because they're such an integral part to the hum. Yeah, it's cool. Very cool. Be great to kind of can can you get that for you know your own personal headsets for just during during the day to yeah zone out. We can't get the the hum. Um, can't. Damn, <laughs> can't cool. actually get humming it's... puppies hum unless you come to the pub. Okay, um, but there are like there are some amazing sort of tracks online. Spotify, YouTube have you know different um, uh, forty hertz gamma brainwave frequencies and and things like that. So there's a huge selection out there. So you can get some something similar, but just not the hum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what I was also going to ask you was, how did you come about with your the designing of the spaces because I've been I've been to the Melbourne one I've been to the New York one and the mm-hmm. and the Sydney one of course but yep. they're very similar they're not, well they're very, they're different but they're yep. very similar you know it's a humming puppy environment yep. um, is it the same designer and tier designer and all of those yeah so we've used the same um, uh, architect for all studios her name is Karen Abernathy and she has designed all our spaces for us. Um, but Chris and I have a very um, big role to play in uh, the interiors and the design process as well because it's it's one of the parts of Humming Puppy that we just really enjoy mm. um, creatively. And so each studio was essentially picked on a feeling. Um, so we like to choose spaces that have some sort of character um, where we can build within the existing structures, quite a modern uh, looking space. And it's a nice surprise when you walk up the stairs here in, in yep. uh, Redfern. To, to, it's, it's just beautiful. This environment is so beautiful and such a you know, contrast the downstairs on the street. Absolutely. And and all our studios are like that and, and quite intentionally as well. Um, we've really wanted to create this space where people can just leave the outside world um, and it's quite unexpected and unassuming. So all of our doors are quite grotty and um, left in their original state so that when you actually open the door, you're quite pleasantly surprised and calmed by, you know, what resides within. And each studio was designed to take students on a journey, essentially. So in all our studios, we use the same signature scent, which is actually made by an Australian company called Perfect Potions. And so that that scent is throughout all our spaces. And then we journey students through the space. So they're welcomed into our lounge and reception area where we always have complimentary tea, coconut water and filtered water. The lounges are designed in a way that are luxurious but yet make people feel like they're at home so they can put their feet on the couch, they can lounge around before and after classes um, and they don't sort of have to rush off so it feels like they're home. 
They're welcomed, you know, at our reception desk by one or two of our team. Um, students are always given full orientation of where everything is. And then our bathrooms, again, um, are well appointed. Uh, many of the fixtures and fittings that we've used, used in New York are exactly the same as what we've used here um, to, again, sort of create that it looks different, but I know I'm in humming puppy sort of mm. sense. And again, like we wanted the, the bathrooms to be luxurious and well appointed so that people would enjoy showering there and, and staying and having all those products that they need, you know, to shower with, get ready for their day, get ready for their evening without having to bring everything um, to class. Um, you know, one of the things that we say is we want you to travel light so you can leave feeling even lighter which is why we provide so much of what we do in the bathrooms and all yoga equipment. And then the studio itself um, is very different. As you know, it's black to help you get into those meditative uh, sort of states. The dark spaces aid that. We've tiered our studio, so it's sort of a little bit like an amphitheatre um, so that each student can see the teacher um, from their mat. We've spaced out our mats so that you have space and that you're not packed in like sardines and you don't get someone's foot in your face. And we clean everything for our students as well so they don't need to sort of get on their hands and knees with a dirty sponge and, and wipe down their mats. Part of the experience is that we'll take care of that for you. So, so the whole sort of journey through the space for our students is really to uh, let them know that, you know what, we've got you for this next hour mm. or so that you're with us, we've got you. We're going to hold you, we're going to take care of you, we're going to look after you so that you can go within, so that you can completely just focus on yourself for the next hour whilst you're with us um, and enjoy the practice. It's kind of like what I imagine heaven feels like. It's, kind of, it's, <laughs> the, it's like the, uh, I, when I, yeah. Those moments that I do go, I just go, oh my God, does you just feel like it's soft, it's warm, it's, you know, it's vibrating and it's, yeah. oh, it's just like, it feels like that gap in your life, that, that pause button or something where you just feel like you've got a bit of really true me time, which is yeah. incredibly rare these days. Thank you. Uh, it's incredible to see what you guys have done uh, in a very so short period of time yeah. and the standard that you maintained. And, and the joy and the benefit you're giving people and the world is Thank phenomenal. You. And so congratulations on that. That's a, that's a major, you. major achievement. And you, and you love what you do and love what, you've, what you're doing. Do you think that you've designed your life? Uh, absolutely, yeah. And you I, don't have to say that just because no, design no, life no, podcast. No, no, no. I, I, really, I really do think that I have, but I feel like it, I'm still designing it. Um, you know, there's still a lot of work to do. Um, you know, I still have some, you know, ideas that I want to continue to formulate, um, which will evolve eventually. So, yeah, but I think it's it's a life that I am loving. It's a life that I, like, just so, so happy in. Um, and it took me many years to get here. You know, I was 40 when um, Humming Puppy sort of came about or the idea for it. And so it, it took me a long time to get to this point. Mm. And so I'm very grateful for, for what I've created. Mm. Um, I'm grateful for the people that surround me that help me to create what, you know, you see as mm. Humming Puppy um, and who help support the life that I'm, that I'm living. So, yeah, I definitely feel like I am, but it's still a work in progress. <laughs> well, it's, it's incredible. And I just want to say um, thank you, Jackie, for, for coming today. And I um, look forward to many more sessions <laughs> at the at Humming Puppet. Yeah. Thank you thank so you. much for having me. Cool. Thanks.
Thank you all for listening. If you want to find out more about Designing Your Life, head over to our website at designyourlife.com.au or on our social media at Frost Collective.